from breathtaking gardens and grounds to an inspiring multi-sensory art exhibit, summer is the time to save and the time to savor all that Biltmore has to offer. Bring the family and retreat to our 8,000-acre summer playground. And kids 16 and under are admitted free all summer long. Plan your visit at Biltmore.com. It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. This is Stubby J from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to Hard Day Diaries, the show where we talk about the difficult times people have gone through and how they got through them. I'm your host, Andy Madfield. Today's guest is Andrew Sawhawk. Here's part one of End of an Era. My name is Andrew Sahak. I'm a Scorpio. I have brown eyes and brown hair. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the time that a band that I was in broke up and how I managed to get over that. All right. So what kind of music did you guys play? So I should probably explain the dynamic a little bit more. So the band is called Brian Jones, and most of us went to high school and middle school together. So we were friends for like a long time. And we actually named the band after another one of our friends who's just like this goofball kid who like is obsessed with like masturbation and weed and smashing pumpkins. So we're like, okay, that's a great name for a band. We played kind of like definitely like alternative rock. I would say if you had to put points of reference, I'd say like Deftones meets at the drive-in meets annual knows by the trail of dead like somewhere in there and then maybe like a dash of like depeche mode and new order that is a lot of interesting dynamics it's it's cool i'll give you a cd i have, I have CDs awesome. here. i'll give you one yeah yeah if yeah. it's cool we'll, we'll play it on here as cool well. basically your influences were singers who liked heroin and <laughs> bands who liked speed it's kind of weird. Like, I don't, wouldn't even, I don't know how to describe, like, how the influences. We we grew up in, like, suburban Iowa. So, like, like the idea of, like, rock stars wasn't really appealing to us. It was, honestly, it was just the sound. It was, like, these, like, big guitars, big drums, like, dynamics, really, like, catchy, catchy riffs. Like, that was, it was, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, all the bands that you named, except for Depeche Mode I don't know enough about. I'll make you a mixtape. Yeah, I grew up in northern Minnesota. Depeche Mode. I, I grew just, up in suburban Iowa. If I can find it, you can find it. Yeah, oh, no, I just mean like Depeche yeah. Mode, I believe, is the general feel of northern Minnesota. Oh, sure. Which yeah. is like synth for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Depeche Mode is really interesting because they were like seriously like a straight up boy band. They just happened to play their own synths. What? But then, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. People don't know this, but like, in the early 80s, like they were on top of the pops. Like they were like 15 or 16, maybe not quite that young, but they were young ass dudes. And they have like, like just like cute little haircuts. Like seriously, they were straight up like Backstreet Boys. And they matured into this like super dark, synthy, like mature band that's still around today making, and honestly, they still make great music. I have, I've only listened to, I believe, Personal Jesus and yeah. then a bunch of random other, if it wasn't Personal on Jesus San Andreas. My, 
Yeah, personal Jesus isn't even in my top thirty in Depeche Mode songs. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're they're great. They're absolutely fantastic. Okay, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look them up. Yeah, I'm, I'm always look. looking for new stuff or old stuff. I'll look I'm looking up for stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking for stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know what? Here's where you start with Depeche Mode. There was a tribute album to Depeche Mode that came out probably like 1998 or 1999. You know, tribute albums like other bands play their yeah. songs. So we're talking. Deftones, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, The Cure, um, who else is on it? Um, Failure's on it. That's a hell of a lot. It's, it's, dude, it smokes, dude. It's it's rad. Like, Rammstein is on it. I don't even care about Rammstein, but the Rammstein cover is great. Oh, man. Uh, Monster Magnet's on it. I believe that I might have heard that. It's called For the Masses. It rules. Yeah, I believe my friend is a, a big uh, Depeche Mode head. Yeah. But other ones were also big Rammstein fans. Yeah. Which I never just I just couldn't get into. No, it's it's, it's too much. It's too sexual. I like to make fun of it. Yeah. Oh, it's well. Yeah. Because you have to. I you mean, have that's to. the only way. That's how you get through the music. Yeah. You have to laugh at it. <laughs> so you guys met each other in school and just kind of yeah. decided to be a band. Yeah. So the the bass player and the singer they were cousins, so they knew each other like literally like their whole lives. Uh, and then the guitar player, uh, he. He just went to school with us, and and that uh, that's how we met each other. And then uh, the drummer actually went to a different school across town. Um, and then I, I actually, it's kind of funny to say I was in this band, because I didn't perform with this band. I wrote lyrics towards the end. I did all the artwork for the website and t-shirts and albums and all that stuff. Um, I ran the website. I booked the shows. I, so basically, I was kind of like... I was like, say, I'm like the executive producer or something like that. Okay, so you're like uh, the guy that writes the lyrics for Elton John songs. Yeah, Bernie Toppin. I'm Bernie, like Bernie Toppin. Toppin. But but I'm also the guy who makes his his album covers and designs his costumes and all that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's like it was kind of it's an interesting dynamic uh, because like it, like a lot of our friends who were in other bands would say like it was my band that they just played in, and that's a little conceited because I don't have that much musical talent. Uh, but like it really was like. A really group effort thing, even though I wasn't on stage, like, I was pretty involved with it. Yeah, without you, they yeah. wouldn't have any lyrics or art. Yeah. Or tour. Or yeah. Website. And, you know, like, I would be like, you know, I would offer, like, uh, insight, like, in the recording studio and stuff. Like, here, you should do this instead of this and that kind of thing. So, so you're kind of like a producer slash songwriter yeah. slash... You were their slash. I was their slash. Yeah, that's a that's the best way to put it. I was their slash. <laughs> you were their slash, except for I had a top hat and everything. Oh, you did. Yeah, that was. See, I was curious about that. Yeah. If if you got into that phase, absolutely. That's awesome. So, how long were they together? Where were you so, guys together? Um, so, we started. I can't remember exactly when, but I'm going to say it was like '97, something like that. It was in high school. Um, and there was a couple iterations, like there was a second guitar player and there was a different drummer. Um, but like got serious about it like in 1999. Okay. So for a couple of years, you just kind of went through the formation stage. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're like 17, 18, you know, you're literally just fucking around playing like Rage Against the Machine covers and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and don't get me wrong, that was super fun. I mean, we, we played basement shows and just like have a blast. So that's actually a basement show is why I moved to Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. It's great. They're, yeah. they're the best. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you guys played for a couple of years, kind of figured out your sound and figured out your lineup. Yeah. So so um, three of us graduated high school in 2000. The other two graduated in 2001. Um, and this is in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, so me and the drummer, I should say the drummer and I, 
I do have an English degree from the University of Iowa. <laughs> uh, we went to the University of Iowa, uh, which is in Iowa City, 25 miles away. Um, and then the singer stayed in town and he went to college there. Um, and then the bass player went to, uh, and sort of the guitar player, I should say. The bass player went to Dubuque, which is about 45 minutes away. So we would always gather in Iowa City after we graduated college and, and write stuff. And, and then we do shows. Like Iowa City is kind of the place you played shows in Iowa. Uh, it's a college town, so there's a market for it. Um, and so, like, 2002, we recorded, um, or 2000, I should say, I'm sorry, 2001, we recorded, um, I guess we call it an album, uh, it's sort of like a glorified demo, but I'm still happy with it. Yeah, like an ways. EP or... Yeah, well, it's, I think it's probably like eight or nine songs, I can't remember exactly how many oh, okay. Um, but we just recorded that with a friend of ours, that took all summer, um, and we self-released that on, like, these kind of cool, like, um, like, cardboard... I don't know how to describe it. The packaging is kind of cool. It's simple, but it's cool. And then, uh, and then we, a couple years after that, we actually went into a studio and recorded a, a second album uh, with Matt Talbot from Hum. Oh, cool. So, so that was really cool. So we, we, we drove to uh, Champaign, Illinois, or I guess it's just south of Champaign. Uh, and he's got this old, like, brick, like, I guess you call it like a brownstone, basically. And it's the bottom floor, the top, uh, the, the ground floor, he's got it and turned into this killer recording studio. Uh, and then above that, he's got, like, this crazy, like, 1970s, like, sunken living room lounge style, um, like, uh, like, like, loft, I guess you could call it. And so we would, we recorded the day and we'd stay above there at night. And that was awesome. That was just the coolest thing. And you did that for, like, the whole summer. That one we only did for like five days because that was super expensive. Yeah. Um, and then you know, we did a tour in 2002. We did a second tour. I think, God, when was the second tour? Second tour must have been 2005, 2004. And then we did another tour in 2005. Um, and then, <clears throat> so in 2005, I graduated college, the drummer graduated college, and we moved into a house together. Um, all but the singer lived in the house. So, and then right as we were getting ready to go on our first big tour, we actually got a booking agent and all this stuff. Uh, the bass player got into a crazy accident and like lost half of one of his legs. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's a nut. It's a crazy story. Um, so, so, I mean like literally we were getting ready to leave on like Saturday and it was like a Tuesday. Like it was coming up. Uh, the accident happened right, like right before we went. Um, so that kind of pumped the brakes on everything. He was laid up for, God, I guess a month or so. And, uh, we were trying to figure out like what happens. Cause we didn't want to quit. I mean, we were writing the, our best songs. Like we were like, we were living together. We built a studio in our basement. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, um, we were really excited about like what the future holds. And then this happens and you're just like, Oh my God, what's going to, what's going on? So uh, once he got back on his feet, though, we we got back into it. Um, and I was feeling really good about it because I was like, you know, if we can survive something like that, like, and we're writing the best material we've ever written, like, I, I'm optimistic about it. But the problem is we, we spent all this money building a studio in our basement. And we, had, like I said, we just graduated college. And some of us just weren't as, some of us were, I think, were a little frustrated that doors hadn't opened for us, you know, like we felt like we were grinding and like nobody was calling, calling. Like we, we said, like when we recorded that, that album on our own, the second album, we self-released it 
we must have sent out a hundred different copies of that to, to different labels. And like, we got like two bites and those labels turned out to be just the flakiest labels in the world. So like, we were really frustrated because like, we're, we're putting our heart and soul into this thing. We're grinding and nobody's, nobody's interested at all. But at the same time, we're making the best stuff we've ever made. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, the singer started to just kind of lose the, his passion for it. Uh, cause it's, it's not something that comes naturally to him. I think a lot of artists, um, struggle with the idea that like, that they're just going to be a genius and you're, and, and you're not, you know, some, some people are, but like, just because it's not, you're not like born thinking of the best thing in the world yeah. doesn't mean you can't do it. Right. You might meet one of those people right. in your life. That's, but that's it. Right. One. And, and the singer, I always like to think he, he's got like a really good voice and I always like to think of him as like, he's the instrument. He just kind of needs the other four of us to kind of play him a little bit. Yeah. Um, because sometimes he just doesn't like, that's why I write the lyrics. He's just not confident in his lyrics. So I'm like, all right, well then I'll step up and you know, I'll help you with it and we'll get, and we'll get you there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he just couldn't shake it. And, um, and, and eventually he just decided to quit. Uh, and for a while, you know, there was the idea, well, like, should we just soldier on the rest of us? And I think, they did. They did one show. I didn't even go to the show. I had gone to literally every show except for um, maybe like twelve, uh, and I didn't even go to that show because I was out of town. And after that one show, there just wasn't. It just didn't feel right, and that was it. And that was probably two thousand six. So that's almost, late two thousand six. Yeah. That's almost ten years of being together. Yeah, and producing music and living together yeah. and, and going through the grind. Yeah, I always joke that it was a it was a marriage between five straight men. I mean, like we literally like just had so much fun. Like we, in some ways, it it didn't bother me that we weren't successful, quote unquote, because I was just having so much fun with it. The only reason it bothered me is because I. I wanted to have that fun all the time, and it's easier to do that when you don't have a job. Well, yeah, when it pays for the right. bills and pays for what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. So you know, when the band, and I wouldn't even say the band broke up. Actually, it's more it's more accurate to say like it dissolved. Like it just kind of fell apart. It wasn't. We weren't like fuck you to each other or anything like that. It just kind of just kind of fell apart. And to this day, like we still. I mean, whenever I go home, like we're still great. We still love seeing each other. Yeah. Do you guys ever play just little pop-up shows or? They, they played a show. So when I moved here, my parents moved down to Texas and I had to go to to Texas for Christmas one year and they just happened to choose that, that year. They were, there are two other bands that have broken up in town and they were doing a reunion show. So they wanted Brian Jones to do it as well. So, so they played those two shows and I didn't get to go and I'm so pissed. That was 2008. Okay. So that's. Or 2009. I don't know when it was. I mean, that's 10 years now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a bad idea to maybe throw together a 10-year. I mean, you know, who knows? It's one of those things that you never say never. I mean, like like I said, like it's difficult now because the singer lives in California. But, the, I mean, I'm only four hours away. The other three guys still live in Cedar Rapids. So, it's certainly something that is possible. Uh, and I hope I would love it if, and I, I'm sure we all would, you know? Yeah. So, so when the, the dissolution happened, how, 
how did you feel that the sh- like the change between your friendship? Did you feel anything different? Did it just all of a sudden go? Now we're just friends without this connection that we've had for the last yeah. Long? Um, I mean, things got. I think things got so like things got really complicated. That's part of it. So like, like I said, the bass player got into an accident. He ended up marrying a the. <laughs> He was on a date when he got into that accident. He ended up marrying the woman he went on a date with. They had a kid. So he moved out. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden he's got a kid. And that kid's awesome, by the way. I should just say that. Like, I'm not blaming the kid. Okay. Uh, the kid the kid rules. He's he's like he's like a nephew to me. I love him so much. Anyway. Uh, but his life just got way more complicated. And then the drummer, you know, he's he's kind of, I wouldn't say a party dude. But he likes to have a good time. And said his frustration with things not happening for us coupled with the fact that now he doesn't he doesn't have school and he's just got time to kind of be a bum like he got a job at Chili's and he loved working at Chili's because he, he worked at the bar and he'd just get drunk and party with people from Chili's so like I'm like dude you could be home recording drum tracks what are you doing he's like yeah I know but I get free Cadillac margaritas you know what I mean like this is my lifestyle yeah and, I'm and the Jimmy guitar Buffett. yeah exactly and then you know the guitar player like he just kind of he had another like sort of side project that was just him and another guy, so it's just kind of easier to deal with it for them. So he kind of like lost a little steam, and he also like his fingers. He was having trouble with his fingers, um, so that just kind of happened. And, and our relationship deteriorated a little bit because like there's like he, he just wasn't a very good roommate, and I pro- I probably wasn't either. I and mean, I was 25 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just having like shouting matches with him about dumb shit that we never fought about before. Um, you know, like one night he, like we were out of toilet paper in the house and I was already in for the night and I was like, I know you're at work on your way home. Can you just stop by and get some toilet paper? And he like wouldn't do it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, it's just such a little thing and it just set me off, you know? And that those kind of things just didn't happen before. So how long did you guys live together after that happened then? I want to say that last show was probably two thousand, late 2006 or early 2007. And then, I'm, then I moved out. We all moved out in uh, July of 2007. Okay, so... So probably like that. six months or so at least. Yeah. But then it just... It didn't work. Yeah, and, and I should... not have commonality anymore. Yeah, and I should, I should be like... I should be clear here. It's not like we were at each other's throats. It was just like the fact that the band fell apart. I think was sort of weighing on us. Even even though like we were all frustrated with the ba- the way that things weren't going with the band, the, like not having it. Um, like like e- like even when we had it and things weren't going our way, we could be like, yeah, but we still got it. And now we've lost it, and it's just like, well, shit. Where do I put all this anger? You know. Yeah, before you guys had this thing that you could always do together. Even right. If it wasn't going well, you could sit down and you could play. But now, yeah, now that's gone. Because we could always be like, you know what? Even if nobody's interested, we know it's good. But it's like, but well, we don't even have that anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, like the recordings that we made in the studio. I don't even know what happened to them. None of us know where they ended up. And they were good recordings. So it's a real bummer. Yeah, they're just. They're just lost. They're just gone. Yeah. They're on someone's Apple IIe. Yeah. No, seriously, they're on like a... They're, no, uh, like, I think what happened is the singer... Was the Most of the gear was the singer, so he sold, like, a bunch of the Pro Tools gear, and then, like, probably just, like, 
wiped out the hard drive on the iMac. Like, I, I, I have no idea. I've, I've hunted for them across every computer and hard drive I've come across, and I can't find them. They're just gone. Yeah. Just like the band just kind of developed. Yeah. It just, everything's gone now. Yeah, yeah. So what what did you do? How did you feel when it broke up and you moved away? Did you feel kind of lost? So, and- yeah, so... so um, so the reason I moved is because, um, you know, Cedar Rapids, I love it. Um, it's always going to be home to me, but I wasn't, like I said, so like the bass player, AK is his name. Um, you know, he got married. He had a kid. Uh, Luke, the singer, moved to, moved away. And I was, and all my other friends were either getting married and having kids or leaving or whatever. So I was just, I wasn't ready to just sit in, in the Cedar Rapids and, with this creative energy and no place to put it. Um, and so I, I had met some people up here from touring with Brian Jones. So, um, I just decided to move here. Uh, and I did have a plan for what I was going to do here. I just knew whatever I was going to do, I had a much more likelihood of both doing it and succeeding at it if I did it here. Um, so yeah, July 13th, 2007, I, I packed up, um, AK the bass player actually helped me move. Uh, we, we actually moved in the Brian Jones van. Uh, we drove that up here. Um, so it's kind of a cathartic move. Where it was just sort of, yeah. I mean, this vehicle, literal vehicle that had carried you for yeah. 10 years of formative years yeah. of creative energies and things like that is now bringing you to yeah. the next stage of your creative life. Yeah. And, you know, like, it was, it was just like, it's so, like, if you've never moved to a place from some other place, like in a creative pursuit, like you don't know what it's like. Yeah. I mean, you've moved, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah like, I moved from North Dakota to here. Yeah. Like if you grew up here, like you don't know what it's like to move here and be like, Oh my God, the world is so much more like open now. Yeah. Your safety blanket also isn't there anymore. You yeah. don't have that. Oh, my parents are here and this, yeah, they can come help me. I mean, my parents are three hours away. I'm from Northern Minnesota. Yeah. But it's still, Sometimes it's scary just to know that if I didn't have the job I have now and I wanted to just go off my creative pursuits, yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah, well, yeah, and, but like I think the fact that you were willing to take that risk—that's huge, because like so many people, like they don't like they don't even need to take risks. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that—that's—I was actually like, if anything makes me proud of anything I've done, it's the fact that I was willing to do that. Um, because so many good things have come out of it that, like, you just don't even know about. Like, if I if I hadn't moved here, like, I would just be, I wouldn't be miserable in Iowa. But I wouldn't be, like, the person that I am. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so, I don't know. Like, it's it's just one of those things that, you got you got to be smart about the risk you take. But you got to take risks, risks or else you're not going to get anything, anything good in life. Yeah, I'd rather regret fucking up than not doing something. Yeah, and you know what I'll say? If you don't take risks, you don't deserve anything good in life. Yeah. You might get it, but that doesn't mean you deserve it. Because yeah. like what did you like what did you do to get it? You know what I mean? You didn't put anything in the line. Yeah, you just were given it. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people are kind of mad with people that have natural talent. They're just naturally talented at things, and then they just don't ever risk. Yeah. And then you're just like, you have all this fucking talent. What are you doing? Why? See, what I don't have a problem with that. What irritates me is when you have natural talent and you don't do anything with it. And that's part of, like to go so to go back to the band, like the guitar player in that band, 
is my favorite guitar player in the world. And that's including fucking Prince, okay? He's my favorite guitar player. And, you know, he has not put out anything since Brian Jones. He's worked on a bunch of stuff, but he hasn't released anything. And that's what frustrates me. I'm like, like, dude, I want to hear your stuff from a fan standpoint. Yeah, you just miss hearing guitar. Yeah, It's like, fucking give it to me. I mean, now, I should tell you, I have a bunch of it. But the world doesn't. Yeah, and you on know? top of that, you've you've heard it before. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. You want to hear something yeah. new, even if it's like, oh, you're playing a fucking Damien Rice cover yeah. at the the Potbelly Sandwich Shop. Right, right, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's more interesting. That's more frustrating to me than somebody who has been given the world. It's people who have the talent and don't do anything with it, or they're you know they just like don't care about it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Oh man. That's really cool, though. I mean, there's a lot of people that will will think about that in different ways than we do, and yeah, they completely forget about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, when you when the band was done mm-hmm. and and you you moved here, did you ever think about the band? Did you think about getting back into it? Oh what? yeah, As, I mean the the band has never gone away. I mean, because and part of it, like I said, is cause we still talk. Yeah, I mean, I'm on a text chain with. The singer and the bassist, we text 50 times a day. So it's, I mean, the band has never gone away, even though they're not making music anymore, you know? Wow. Um, and I think that's, I think that's because we were friends for, for since so young, you know? Um, I think that's a big part of it is like, uh, it's just, it's, I don't want to say we took it for granted because we didn't, we never took it for granted, but it just, it just always felt, it just felt like it was always going to be there. I mean, and, and like, actually, one of the lyrics is, uh, things will always be this way, or things will always be the same, which is sort of ironic. When you hear the CD, you know what I mean? It's so weird, like, we just, it's kind of like, I don't want to let them go. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. And I, and, and I don't think we want to let any of each, like, we, we all feel the same way. Even though, like, some of us still have our own issues with it, I, I think, I mean, I think deep down, like, it's the kind of thing that, like, if we could figure it out, like, I, I don't think it's impossible to say that something else wouldn't happen. That'll do it for part one of End of an Era. Thanks to Andrew for talking. If you want to hear Brian Jones, go to brian-jones.bandcamp.com. Next time, we'll pick up where we left off. You can find Andrew on sawhawk.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at mattfield or on andymattfield.com. Thanks to Stubby J, Michaela, and all of you for listening. Don't forget to tell me about your hard days. That does it for this episode of Hard Day Diaries. Bye. DMV Number 97. or house cleaning or
Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.